and screech. You know, this uh, man who um, is so mean and so nasty, yet Christmas morning, you see him full of joy, full of life, and he's found, you know, compassion and empathy for Bob Cratchit and his family. You know, through these three ghosts that come to him, through these experiences the night before, his eyes are opened to the sorry and the hurting world around him. And he chooses to do something about it. Brilliant story. Today, we're looking at Jesus and his compassion. That Jesus is, as we know, um, is very compassionate. And, and what is our response as disciples of Christ to Jesus' compassion? The many characteristics of, of Jesus that as Christians that we try and emulate, that we try and copy, you know, we're called to be like Christ. You know, we're called to be disciples of Christ. You know, we know Jesus to be wise, uh, holy, humble, obedient. He's patient, he's loving, he's forgiving, he's faithful. He's gentle, he's a healer, but he's also compassionate. But when it comes to compassion, you know, it feels like that this is one of the most significant and powerful, yet most difficult to achieve, I feel, of all of Christ's characteristics. If we're to be disciples of Christ, I really want us this morning just to take 25 minutes of your time to consider how we can learn to be a compassionate community. What does that look like? How does it work in practice? And our starting place this morning is going to be Luke 7. And the verses should come up on the screen. And I'm going to read um, from verse 11 through to verse 17. Now, Luke 7 is a wonderful chapter. We have in the first part where Jesus um, heals a servant of centurion, a great act of faith of the centurion where he says, Jesus can heal, you can heal him from wherever you are. And the centurion's servant gets healed. And then it goes on to looking at um, Jesus coming to a place called Nain. So let me just read out the verses to you. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain. And his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her. The um, New Living Translation says his heart overflowed with compassion to her. And he said, don't cry. Then he went up and touched the coffin, and those carrying it stood still. He said, young man, I say to you, get up. And the dead man sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. And this news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. Now here is a wonderful miracle of Jesus, a raising from the dead. 
Now, we know from previous weeks, Luke is meticulous with his detail and accuracy of these events. And this example is no exception. Jesus had walked from Capernaum um, when he healed the centurion's servant. And, you know, he had walked, that was about 20 miles away from Nain, which is where he was now. It was a day's journey. And this particular town name was only a few miles from Shunem, which if you were to read 2 Kings chapter 4, you would see that this is the town, Shunem is the town where Elisha had raised another mother's son from the dead 800 years before. So it's wonderful to see that here we are, God working. So we did a series on the Old Testament, God raising um, mother's sons from the dead. And here we see another example where Jesus does it, the fulfillment. Jesus is the fulfillment of all of the Old Testament. This account is a wonderful example of one of the miracles of Jesus. But the main focus of this story is not the son, but rather the mum, the mother, and Jesus' response to her. You know, we read in verse 12 that he was the only son of his mother. The only son. This woman was a widow. She'd already lost her husband. A large crowd was with her. Often in this day, there were large crowds that went on these funeral uh, meetings. They were paid people to cry. They, they, they used to pay people to cry and wail and warn, mourn the loss of a loved one. So she would have had a large crowd with her. And when the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her. The Lord had compassion on her, with, for her. This day would have been the worst day of this woman's life. In ancient times, for a woman to have lost their husband would have been catastrophic, devastating, the worst thing ever. And now to have lost her son... Her inheritance, a man who would have looked after her. In the day, there would have been no prospects for this woman at all. No future. Perhaps this woman would have, after this event, would have needed to resort to begging to be able to go on living. No one would have been able to mitigate her circumstances. She would have been left with nothing. The crowd would have gone home and she would have had nothing. No hope. No hope for this lady. It was really desperate. She was really broken and lost. And it was into this situation in which Jesus finds himself. So how does Jesus show compassion? Well, firstly, Jesus' heart went out to her. Jesus was moved in his heart. Jesus notices every single person. Jesus notices you. Jesus knows you. You know, this, this woman, this widow, is exactly the type of person that Jesus has come for. He sees this woman. He sees her distress. He feels her sorrow and her pain. He sees her prospects and he sees the hopelessness. You know, she's 
if you like, the epitome of all those that Jesus has come for, that he's come to save. All of the, the people, the lost, all of us in many ways are, you know, lost, finding our way in a broken and painful world. And Jesus is the answer to the lostness and brokenness in the world. Jesus' heart was touched deeply by the pain and the sorrow of this woman. And what does he do? He then speaks into her life. He brings life into this situation. He brings life into every situation. And he brought hope and life to this widow by raising her son from the dead. You know, in ancient times, the noblest of faiths was something called Stoicism. And the Stoics believed that God was incapable of feeling. The Stoics believed that God was incapable of feeling. If someone or something was able to influence God to feel, whether through making them joyful or sad, then it meant for that moment that that person was greater than God. But no one can influence God, otherwise God wouldn't be God. Therefore, Stoics believed that in order for God not to be influenced by people, that God was incapable of feelings. But here we see that Jesus, the man who was God, the man that is God, being moved to the deepest depths of his being. You know, I think that one of the most powerful messages of Christianity is the way that God can and does empathize with our sufferings, with the trials that we endure, with the things that we go through in life. What God would do that? Well, the God of Christianity, the, the God that is Jesus, the God that is alive today and is at work in all of our lives. The fact that Jesus would allow himself to feel the pain of, this, of the widow would have been unheard of in that day. But what we got here, it speaks of a God who's so committed to and desires to have relationship with this lady and so desires to have it with each and every one of us. A God who is willing to reach us wherever we are, wherever we find ourselves, whatever situation we're in, he reaches in and brings hope. He's the God of hope. He brings hope and healing and life to all of our situations. And we can see Christ's compassion in this situation where he, his heart went out to her. Secondly, Christ's compassion is in seeing the outworking of God's purposes here on earth. You know, Jesus' kingdom was not that which was going to take the kingdom by force. It wasn't about overthrowing the Romans. And I mentioned this a few weeks ago, but I think it's really, you know, important that this is the message of Christianity. It's not one that's going to be taken by force, by physical territory. But the kingdom of his God is going to be outworked through acts of mercy, acts of compassion, acts of love, which come, in this case, through Jesus, as we're going to hear later in the series, through his disciples. But it comes through me and you. It comes as we outwork the kingdom of God, as we are compassionate and 
give ourselves to those around us. The gospel that Jesus preached was not a message of vengeance. It was not the message of force and raining down fire from heaven as perhaps the disciples and John the Baptist have hoped and imagined for. I mean, in this particular chapter as well, in Luke 7, what Luke then describes straight after this wonderful miracle is Jesus, a, a sort of a dialogue between Jesus and John's followers. In fact, John's disciples, um, John asked them to go back to Jesus and ask him this question. Are you the one who was to come or should we expect anyone else? Now, I think that's a very strange question, personally, of John the Baptist to be asking Jesus. Because he's already met Jesus. He's already seen what Jesus can do. He's, he's baptized Jesus, you know, this wonderful, powerful encounter with Jesus. And yet here he is asking the question, are you the one that we should expect? Should we expect someone else? You know, why is John asking this question. And I think that John, even still in here in John 7, John is still confused. You know, in John's mind, he's still not sure what's going on. In John's mind, he thinks something has probably gone wrong. And the reason for that is, I think even at this point, John is still expecting Jesus to take the kingdom of God by force. You know, that God might rain down fire from heaven and outwork his forced by power, by physical outworking the kingdom. But you know what Jesus says here in uh, chapter 7? Jesus says to these John's disciples, go back and report to John. What does he say? He says, report what you have seen and what you have heard. Jesus says this, the blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy, those who are ill are cured. The deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. That's the kingdom of God. That's how we outwork God's kingdom. Jesus has come to bring hope and life, not by force, but by grace, by mercy, by compassion to the lost and broken in the world that all who are seeking him will find him. You know, this particular part of, of John 7, in fact, reminds me of Jesus reading from Luke 4, if we go back a few chapters, when he stands up and um, quotes from Isaiah, and um, we heard from this a little bit last week, when Jesus stood in the synagogue and he read from Isaiah, and he said, the spirit of the Lord is on me, you know, it's like Jesus is like prophesying over himself. The spirit of the Lord is on me. He's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Freedom and recovery, release to the oppressed, as he quotes from Isaiah. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is the year of the Lord's favor. God's spirit is with us. And he wants to use every one of us to outwork his kingdom. And the interesting thing is I was preparing for this that I read about Jesus reading from Isaiah. He stops just before he gets to the next line, which says, and the day of vengeance for our God. Now, I think that's very significant that Jesus 
should stop there. Because he's come to bring restoration to lives, to the church. He's come to bring life. He's come to bring healing. He's come to bring release for the oppressed. He's come to preach the good news. But he's not come at this point to bring judgment. He's not come to bring um, that sense of judgment. He's, He's coming to bring judgment. There will be a day of judgment. That is biblical and true. But today is a sense of coming to bring the good news of Jesus, to bring release for the captives. It's not a time of vengeance that we're living in. We're living in a time of mercy and compassion. Jesus wants to bring life to all those who will turn to him, who will humble themselves and receive Christ. We see Jesus' compassion in outworking God's purposes. And finally, we see Christ's compassion in raising this young man from the dead. And he does it without being asked. He does it without being asked. Many times people come to Jesus needing healing. Heal me, Lord Jesus. And he heals them. Many times people come to him and touch him and they're healed. But at this particular miracle, at this particular time, he initiates the healing. Christ's act of compassion was unsought. It was unasked for, but it came just as the point when this widow needed it. Jesus chose to put himself in that place of where the woman was, to feel her pain. He does that. He is the most amazing Savior, Lord, Redeemer that ever lived because he is the Redeemer, the Lord. He is the one that heals. He's the one that comes just at the right point when we need him most, when we reach out, when we ask him into our hearts, when we ask him to deliver our situation, when we need him, he comes. I find that when I pray a prayer and I believe in faith, God imparts faith. You know, sometimes it can take time praying. Sometimes I could be spending 10 minutes praying. And sometimes I could be waiting. God, Lord, would you deliver me from this situation? And then there is often a time when we just know. Then God says, yes, I will, I will come. I will deliver you from that. And then we have the faith and we trust him then and believe for him. In, in that ever given situation, whatever that is. Jesus has come to bring hope and life. No one makes a request of Jesus. No one says anything, but Jesus takes the initiative in this situation. And his heart goes out to her. And this widow is a recipient of the good news of the gospel. She receives her son back to life. Hallelujah. We know in Romans 5, verse 8, it says this, For God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is about his initiative. It's about him taking the initiative with helping us find him. 
You know, we are lost without Christ. We are separated from God without Christ. I know we know these things, but it's truth. We are separated from God without Christ. It's Christ that's made a way for us to know God. Jesus took the initiative and went to the cross before we even asked him to. He looks on us and has compassion. This is, the whole Christian message is a message of compassion. You know, how feeble and weak we are without Christ. How easy it is to run after things of this world. It is very easy to run after things of this world. You know, and then when we do that, we find the emptiness with which they satisfy. You know, these things, will, the world will never satisfy our deepest longings. The only thing that will satisfy our deepest longings is Jesus. Amen? Jesus is the only thing that satisfies our deepest longings. When we walk in his purposes, when we walk in all that he's called us to, we know that we're satisfied. We have that sort of, it's like you eating manna from heaven when you're satisfied in him. Jesus took all of the things on the cross, all the sin, all of the things in this world that are not good. He took them on himself. All the things that we might blame him for, he took on the cross. All the things that the enemy wants us to believe that aren't true, he took it on the cross. The devil wants us to blame God, blame God for everything. The devil loves it when we blame God, when we say, God, why have you allowed this to happen? And Jesus took it on the cross. He took it on the cross and he took it away. He died and he was resurrected to life. He came to give life to every single one of us. When we recognize what Jesus has done on the cross, that he took everything on himself, that we can be set free, that we can know the freedom of knowing Christ. We don't, we can, yes, we can trust in the power of the cross, that our pride, our anger, our selfishness is all taken and nailed to the cross that is finished. We can lay that aside. We can lay that at Jesus' feet and know the freedom of walking in peace and joy and resurrected life. Hallelujah. Jesus has so much compassion for you and me. And we see it demonstrated where he shows it to this widow. Jesus encourages us all to follow him. And he wants everyone to know the God of all creation, to know the Father through him. He's made a way for us. So finally, what does this mean for each and every one of us? How do we outwork being a compassionate disciple of Christ? What does that look like? Now, there are many things, but I've picked out um, six things that I really feel I want us to sort of think over um, this morning. And I want to briefly uh, look at this through um, the one of Jesus's parables, and it's the parable of the Good Samaritan that we find in Luke 10. So we're going to look at this very quickly, um, and I'm just really going to paraphrase it, and some of the verses will come up on the screen behind me. So Jesus, in this situation, um, what I really like this actually, it comes straight after the bit where Jesus sends out the 72. So the 72 have gone out, they've seen Jesus use them as his disciples outwork the power of God. 
They've seen healing. They've seen the power of God at work. And then he tells this parable. So it's a reminder, again, what the kingdom of God is about. It's a reminder about who we're meant to be. We're not, when we see a miracle, sometimes you think, wow, this is it. This is where it's all happening. But actually, there is the, it's the every day, it's the small steps of kingdom life that you are living and speaking, the mercy and the grace and the compassion that you show to the people around you. So let's look at this briefly. So we've got an expert in the law. So um, it, we're looking at it from verse 25. An expert in the law comes up to Jesus and he says to Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? So this man, he knows the law. He knows God's law. So he knows God. And so he's saying, what do I do to inherit eternal life? And so Jesus says to him, well, what is written in the law? And so the man replies, well, I mean, of course, you know, everybody knows, don't they? It says, love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and, and love your neighbor. Correct, says Jesus. And the man goes, tick, brilliant. I've done it. I've answered Jesus, this wonderful prophet, and I've given him the right answer, and brilliant. And in fact, Luke uses this phrase of this, um, this man of the law who then, he says, wanting to justify himself. Wanting to justify himself. So this man was full of pride. He was full of thinking, I've, I know how to know God. I know how to inherit eternal life. I've done everything I need to do. Brilliant. I'm better than everybody else. And so wanting to justify himself, he asks, who is my neighbor? And then this is the context to which Jesus then tells his parable. And then he says, Jesus then describes this man is robbed and he's left for dead by the side of the road. And there's a priest that comes along. And um, we know that many of us know the story. A priest is, you know, he's a holy man and, um, you know, he's a man of the law, very respected, very um, honored by the Jewish community. And what does he do? He crosses the road and he doesn't attend to this, uh, rob, this man that's been robbed. A Levite comes along and we know the story. He, again, is a very holy man. He, he serves in the temple of God and, and he's most respected again in the, in the Jewish community. And what does he do? He crosses the road and he ignores the robber, the robbed man. But then we have this Samaritan, and Samaritans are, you know, they're despised by the Jewish community. They're not, a, not great, according to the Jews. And the Samaritan comes along, and he stops, and he tends to this man's, this half-dead man. He tends to his wounds. He provides medicine. He provides bandages, transportation to, a, to an inn. He provides money for the innkeeper. And then finally, finally Jesus asks um, the man who he was telling the story to, he asked him, which of the three was a neighbor? And the expert in the law said, the one who shows mercy. And then Jesus said to this man of the law, who again thought he was, you know, the, the, the bee's knees when it comes to inheriting eternal life. Jesus says to him, go and do likewise. The kingdom of God Jesus says, is about being merciful and compassionate to those around us. And so I want us to briefly draw out from this parable six things 
about what it means to be a compassionate community. First one, the Samaritan provided for the man's physical needs, his economic needs and social needs. There are lots of different ways that we can show compassion. And my encouragement to us all is to take the initiative, get involved with people's lives and ask God to lead you. How can you be involved in people's lives to be able to show Christ's compassion? Secondly, making the choice to not judge a given situation. This is a really tough one. I feel this one for me. Sometimes it's so easy to judge people just by looking at them, by being in a situation and make a choice not to make a judgment. You know, the Samaritan was the least expected person to care for this half-dead man. It's easy to make a judgment. Oh, that's a Samaritan. The gospel is for everyone. The good news is for every human being, for every race, every tribe, every people group. You know, every single person that lives on this planet, the gospel is for them, wherever they live, whatever tongue they speak, wherever nation they find themselves growing up in, the gospel is for everyone. Be impartial when you show compassion. Be impartial. If you see someone in need, be compassionate. Have an attitude of compassion towards the whole of the world. <laughs> it's a big mission field. Thirdly, have an attitude of blessing for those you meet. If you're able to bless those who most get under your skin, that's a powerful testimony. Do you find it very difficult to bless people who get under your skin? I do. It's honestly, I do. But I make a choice. I say, Lord, bless them. Encourage them. I had a, a moment the other day when um, I was walking near Dorking and uh, there was this car that uh, drove past me. And as far as I'm aware, I did nothing wrong. I was just walking across this road. And then they were swearing as they went past, saying all sorts of crazy things. And, you know, you sort of feel a bit of, uh, you know, oh, that's not great. But I just remember, Lord, bless them. Bless them, Lord. May they know you, Jesus. May they come to know faith in you. Lord, bless them, encourage them. Let them know the wonderful life, what can be found in Jesus. I mean, how God will answer that prayer, I don't know. But it released something in me. It sort of, I didn't feel angry or bitter or cross. I felt, Lord, just bless them. Have an attitude of blessing. That's how we show compassion. Just bless, bless others. Number four, be as generous as God's grace gives you the ability to be. You know, God does have grace for us. So be compassionate as God gives you the grace to be compassionate. Don't beat yourself up. You know, don't feel like you have to now do 10 acts of compassion before next Sunday. You know, give yourself time to learn what it is to be a compassionate person. Pray for God to increase your ability to be compassionate to those around you is number five. And number six, be open for God to surprise you with an opportunity to show compassion. And um, I want to show you a short video. It's about three minutes long. 
Uh, is that okay? 30 seconds introduction. What this video is, it's um, of this young boy called um, Johannes, I think that's right, and it's all in Norwegian, so you won't understand a word of it, but you will understand what's going on. And basically, um, that it, was a, it was a social experiment to see what people would do when faced with this um, boy in this very cold, it's in Nor Oslo, so it's very cold and snowy. And what, what did people do as they saw this, um, this boy at the bus stop? And um, at the beginning, most people, are, are, the, the most of the talk at the beginning is where uh, this boy is explained that he's on a field trip with his class and he's been told to wait at this bus stop by his teacher. And, um, and, and then people are interacting with him. And he says, I'm cold a lot. So that's a lot of the, um, is going on. Okay, so let's just watch the short video. Thank you. Powerful message, isn't it? And we didn't even know what they were saying. You know, it's, um, you know, I think that there is a, something in all of us, you know, there's this common grace, there's this sense of, you know, we want to help and show compassion. I mean, it helps it being a small boy sat on the bus stop, but there's this sense of um, grace and love and compassion 
that Jesus had and showed to this widow that he puts in each one of our hearts. And my encouragement to us is to be a compassionate community. Every time we reach out to those who are experiencing sorrow, we are being like Christ in our community. Every time we lay aside something, our time, our energy, our Friday night, or even our coat in this situation, we're out working the kingdom of God. And my encouragement to us all is let's have compassion at the heart of who we are as God's community. Thank you very much. And, um, and we're going to respond in a time of worship, a song.